Welcome to Sharing My Truth with Mel and Susie, the uncensored version, where we bear it all. We do. <laughs> Sharing My Truth Pod is so excited to partner with Vibrator.com, where the A in Vibrator is the number eight. This is an extremely exclusive code where no other podcast has it. If you go to Vibrator.com right now, use the code MS15, that's MS15 at Vibrator.com, you can now get 15% off anything in store. That's any sex toys for you, your partner, your neighbor. We don't judge. Get it now. Go to the link in our bio, put in the code, and get jiggy with it. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Sharing My Truth. I'm Mel, and this is Susie. Hello, darling. How are you today? Hello, babes. I am excellent. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I'll be honest. I love you. Me too. The feeling is completely mutual. <laughs> oh, thank you, love. So what are we talking about? Oh, God. We have a actually pretty big topic today. Mm-hmm. You want to know what that is? Yeah, go for it. It's the act of pregnancy. The act. I love the that. Act. <laughs> <laughs> the act of the pregnancy. Act. And it. then, you know, comes next is the second act, like the which act. is birth. <laughs> yeah. And then... Yeah. The third act, yeah. which is, you know, having yeah. the baby and the baby being there it's and pretty dealing with that. <laughs> and then we won't get into the next. That'll be a Broadway show for next time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so let me ask you. Um, I have kids. You don't. I know. Congratulations. They are so cute. Thank you. It's, you know, it's, yeah, it's it's a lot. But um, what what are your feelings about? Pregnancy, children. Oh, like, God. what do you think? What do you think in your head kind of happens? My pretty little brain. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, honestly a very loaded question mm. because it is very – I have so many feelings towards it. Really? I have so many intermingling thoughts into yeah. pregnancy and children in general. Yeah. Um. And it might just be because uh, – no, actually, this isn't the way because I know a lot of people who are my age who don't think like me. But um, I, I do not know if I ever want to have mm. children. And I've always been like this. You know, when yeah. when people were – when people were – you know, playing with baby dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, playing with Barbies. I wanted to be an adult woman so badly. And I liked animals. Like, there was just that true difference. Yeah. And so that's obviously come with me into my yeah. adulthood. Yeah. And I absolutely, I don't, like, I look at a baby, you know, my my boyfriend's you know, brother has children. They're mm. sweet. They're not babies anymore. They're like mm. children, but they're so sweet and I love them so much. And I know a lot of other kids that I love. I was a camp counselor. Like, I really love kids. Yeah. To have my own and to be responsible for this thing and to just know what kind of a world I'm bringing it into is a huge yeah. weight that I feel. Yeah. I mean, I get that. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, that's rough. I mean, it, it I mean, 
That's not a good thing. I mean, I'm not sure that you can spend all that much time thinking about that, but mm-hmm. I, I, do, I do understand what you're saying. And it's interesting you say that to me, that you have always thought I don't want kids mm-hmm. because I've got a lot of friends who, um, my friends who haven't had children, and they said to me, like, quite a young age, I never wanted children, and they didn't have children, they didn't want them. And quite frankly, if you don't want them, then you know, you really shouldn't have them because it's a huge thing. 100%. It's not good for anybody. But I'm sort of curious as to, is that a feeling that you have from you? Is it because, is it pressure from society? Mm -hmm. Is it like your friends? Like, what do you think that is? Yeah, I don't know. Like most, not most, like all of my friends, like I know acquaintances who have had children. Mm. None of my close-knit group of friends have a family yet have or they're not even married like we they don't have in their kids late yet 20s. they're late 20s yeah. yeah so we don't have kids yet so there's no kids in the group even we yeah. all have most of us have dogs and we yeah. all take care of those and yeah. you know whatever but That's yeah, none, yeah it's a start yeah exactly and yeah. i mean most of us are in you know somewhat serious relationships and mm-hmm. are dealing with that but we none of us have made it to that kid period yet and i do know that most of my friends want kids Mm. i'm one of the kind of odd ones out that are like i actually don't know if i do Mm. and there's that hard thing where it's like my boyfriend is so sweet and i know he'd be a great dad Mm. um he's not ever like i want kids we're gonna Mm. have these kids he's like you know if it's something that you want to do if it's we're ready for it and it's the time is right we'll do it but like it's it's like i want to like if i'm gonna have kids i want his kids because he's so great Mm. but I he's just, very nice. Yeah, he's literally wonderful. But yeah, there's that thing of just like, I don't know if I actually want yeah. to do that and go through the huge, it's just an, you're changing your entire life, right? Oh, this is for, yes. this isn't just for 18 years. This is your entire life yes. you're changing. Yes. You're changing yeah. your entire body as yeah. a woman, right? Like yeah. we're talking about the whole thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's really crazy. You're, so you're changing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's a really, it's a very interesting question. I mean, per, on a personal level for me, I always knew I wanted children. Right. And I, um, as we sort of covered in an earlier episode, I had a very um, challenging, not particularly stable childhood. Yeah. So I think for me, I always wanted children, but I always felt in some way that I wanted to... I definitely wanted to raise my children very differently. And I sort of felt, well, I've been shown this example of how not to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely not going to do it like that. But I always, I just, I just knew. And then I happened to meet a man who wanted children. And I think for either of us, if we hadn't wanted children, it would have been a bit of a deal breaker. Yeah. And we made that pretty clear earlier on, early on. Um, but it's a massive thing. But it's Ugh. one of those things that, until you have kids, and it's sort of an incredibly patronizing thing to say, and people say it to people who don't have kids, and it's very annoying. But it's like, until you've had kids, it's like, until you've done anything in life, it's very hard to know exactly what that entails. So you have this sort of idea, and I think anybody who wants a child is like, you know, oh, beautiful, bouncing, chubby, lovely baby. Adorable, blah, blah. yeah. They're adorable, lovely, and it's your baby, and blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> and yeah. then you you get pregnant and and I think you also have this vision that being pregnant you're gonna I don't know you sort of have this romantic vision that you're gonna be wearing these sort of floral dresses and yeah you're gonna be uh, through the meadows what are they called barefoot and pregnant or whatever right and you'll be wearing this lovely and you'll be this sort of big 
bosom floral dressed beautiful woman running <laughs> that through does the sound meadows. excellent I've no if idea. that's what it was I mean, i've completely made that shit up but anyway yeah. it's like you have this vision of it being you are literally gonna glow and you're gonna blossom and you're gonna bloom and you're gonna look amazing and like a peony like a yeah, yeah, peony. Whatever it is, none of that shit happened for me. It was the complete opposite. Oh, fuck. I got pregnant very quickly, and I laugh about the fact it's slightly terrifying. Can I know, were you on birth control, and then you went off it, and then you got I pregnant was. right away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. I mean, we planned it. I mean, we literally kind of Well, said, you'd obviously just got married. We bet, And I was young when I got married. I was 28. My husband was 27. Yeah, yeah. Which was a lot earlier than I thought. And then I had this idea in my head. I don't know, you have these sort of like, okay, we have to be married for a bit. And I remember I remember when I got married, um, a great aunt of my husband's said to me, came up to me at the I think it was the engagement party and said, Don't have you don't do anything don't have babies yet like have some time as a couple and be together and then have children I think that was actually pretty good advice and we didn't and we waited I don't know if I'd wait that long but waited three years anyway and and I think the other thing is when you're young you're waiting for this uh, we're going to be financially stable we're going to have the right house and everything's going to be perfect and I have my baby and of course that's ridiculous because you know you're in your 20s or 30s it's not going to be perfect um and quite frankly, you know, probably financially, it's not going to be perfect until you're in your 40s and 50s and then your kids are in their teens. You know, yeah. It's kind of a weird thing. And um, I was 31 when my first child was born. And it was quite strange because at the time, you think, well, 31, that's kind of normal. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to the doctor and they're like, oh, you're, you're very young, aren't you? And I thought... What do you mean I'm young? I'm 31. But actually, most of my friends were, were a lot older than me. Wow. But, um, but yeah, I literally, we decided um, I'm going to have a baby, came off birth control, and I was pregnant. Wow. I mean, very quickly. And I had this weird thing, and it was subsequently, like I said, always do some research, everyone, um, is I got, I didn't think I was pregnant, and then I had, I had some blood. And I thought, oh well, I'm not pregnant. A little spotting. Yeah. And I thought, oh well, that's 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 a period or whatever around mm-hmm. the time. Then I found out that actually that is not the case, and it was literally a little bit of spotting. And but I was literally pregnant, sort of like, like first a or second go, sort of thing. Wow. I mean, it was very easy, and it was slight. It was good, but it was slightly terrifying. <gasps> yeah. to think, Shit, get out of free jail car. All those times. When you were younger, yeah. shit, I could have got pregnant. Um, but when you didn't want to be pregnant. But right. I got pregnant quite easily. Um, and, you know, my husband was a quite heavy smoker. So he stopped smoking as well. So we kind of prepared it. Got pregnant quite easily. And I literally felt sick from day one. Oh, my God. That's horrible. And they talk about morning sickness. And I literally felt like I was on a boat. I mean, I... Just like motion sickness. Yeah, it's like very severe and then you can't. And I'm obviously, as everyone knows, I'm English and so I love my cups of tea and I probably have about six a day. Yeah. I mean, I have three before seven o'clock in the morning. Yes. Um, And I was like, don't just, and you're not supposed to drink a lot of tea or coffee or whatever. No caffeine. Yeah, but even like, well, I guess tea has tannin, but it was like, don't drink tea. And I was just like, don't, I don't Fuck want tea. Fuck off. Don't touch me with tea. And I was like, oh my God, there's something seriously wrong. Wow. And then the other thing, I was like, I love salad. I eat a lot of salad. And mm-hmm. I was like, 
don't show me a bowl of salad. It was wow. very, very weird. What were your actual cravings? Well, I was... Or what I did was you want like to eat? Furnace. I was so hot. Wow. I mean, my internal temperature must have been about a billion degrees, Jesus. like the core of the earth. Was this both pregnancies? We're just talking about the first one. No, I mean the so second one's similar. probably worse, wow. but along the same kind of thing. But I was really, really hot, and so I had to have, as we call them in England, lollies, which is a box oh, of lollies. lollies. And I had to have like boxes of lollies a day. It was terrible. Yes. Um, and I just had these very weird, you have these very odd cravings. And I, it was funny because I don't eat a lot of dairy mm-hmm. and I hadn't been eating dairy and all I wanted to eat was cheese. It was Fuck. so bizarre. And it's very strange. And then you just, I think that idea that you think, oh my God, I'm going to look amazing and I'm going to, like I said, you're going to glow. None of those no. things happened to me. I think I had like yeah. every hormonal. I had spots. I had pains. I just looked because I'm very short. I just looked like oh this god, sort of that's going to be me. Ginormous boobs, no space, and then this enormous <laughs> stomach. So I was sort of like a, I don't know, some kind of caricature. That's what I look like. And if you sort of tip oh me my over, god, I bet you are I'd, beautiful. I, I bet you're more beautiful forward. than you thought. No, no, I doubt that. I, I really don't think that at all. Um, and um, the birth was horrendous. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, and I really would love to hear anybody's stories, and I empathise greatly. Mm-hmm. And please let us know. But it was terrible. I had my first child in England, and so I had. Um, I was in the NHS, which is sort of like the equivalent of OHIP. Um, so state healthcare, but, you know, it's very good. And um, it's all free, mm-hmm. which, you know, is amazing. And the care was incredible. But I had this whole ridiculous lead up. Do you want to know the ridiculous Yeah, of lead course up? I do. Okay, so we just renovated our house. Mm-hmm. And we're very proud of, our, proud of our house. And it was this small house, but that's relevant. In England. There. In England, yeah. And... We just had the bathroom done, mm-hmm. and I started having contractions at about 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. So Max, as my husband got up, he's like, okay, oh, what can I do? And I said, okay, I want to have a bath because I want to be clean. I'm like an obsessive. I have to be clean. I never go anywhere without having a shower. It's like my thing. And Did your a- water break at this point? No. Okay. That's a whole different story. Oh, Jesus. So I it's like, I have to have a bath and I have to have a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. He said, great, great. I'll run you a bath. Mm-hmm. And our bathroom was above the kitchen. I'll go downstairs and make you a cup of tea. It's 5 a.m. Great, 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 great. <laughs> so he goes down, puts the bath on, goes to make a cup of tea. He's making the... He puts the kettle on. And he's standing there and he's going, why is the bath coming through the ceiling of the kitchen? Pardon? Yeah. So I'm sitting... And the, my contractions are ramping Wait, up, ramping up, Are you up, in up. the bath and the bath comes no, 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 through no. the I, kitchen? No, no, Thank fuck I wasn't in the bath. I was downstairs on a ball. Like, you have all these... When you have your first oh, pregnancy, you buy all this, like, paraphernalia and kit because you think it's all very complicated. And I have... You know one of those, like, gym ball things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have? So I was on this ball going... <laughs> because as the contractions go, they get worse oh, and worse. Oh, my God. And, and somebody tried to ask me, like, explain what they're like. And I said, well, imagine somebody puts, like, a great big sort of crank vice thing, like you're doing woodwork, up your vagina. And and goes, and that's basically it. And you you know the size of your vagina hole. It's small. I have a tiny little vagina. So you think that 
person is coming through that hole. No, I don't want So that. it has to, ah, 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 over a period of time, oh get to a size where that baby's coming out. <laughs> the whole concept is completely terrifying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm on this ball and every, like, <laughs> bouncing up and down. <laughs> and Max is like, um, don't think you can have the bath or the cup of tea because... The ceiling's coming through the kitchen, and this is by now 5.30, 5.45 in the morning. So my husband is a lawyer, which is very useful in these situations. Holy shit. Calls up the contractor. I've never heard so much swearing in my entire life. You get your effing ass down here. And, of course, he has a Canadian accent, and all yeah. his builders are English, so they're just completely terrified, and they know he's a lawyer, and they just – and literally this first time in history these – these uh, contractors turn up at 6 a.m. And we have a tiny house and I'm going on this ball. <laughs> and these men, these big sort of contractors, pile no! into this house and they couldn't even catch my get because they've all got children. They're just like the shame of it. That they've done this to this woman. Oh, She's having a God. fucking baby. You motherfuckers. And they've built a bathroom that's coming through her kitchen. Um, oh my god and it was hideous and then we had to arrange for one of my relatives to because then then in England what happens is you have to call the hospital and you call them up and say you know I'm having contractions and then you have this conversation over the phone and they say well how many minutes apart right when there's so many minutes apart then you come in right okay wow so they don't even tell you to come in at, at a certain point no exactly Oh, that's so, smart. But you know which hospital you're going to because the way the care works is that you've been followed by a midwife. And it's mm-hmm. all midwifery-led. So you've been followed by a midwife. You see her every week or whatever. So you know where you're going. You know what you're doing. It's all pretty organized. And then when the when the moment comes, you call that hospital and then they sort of talk to you over the phone and tell you, okay, how are you doing? And they know by your breathing where you are. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the way it works in England is you go to a hospital that's close to your house. So you... You get in the car, you're going to get there yeah. most of the time. Um, anyway, these guys come in, don't look at me, and I'm going, and the pains are getting more and more. And, of course, I haven't had a bath. I haven't had a cup of tea. You're fucking pissed. I am the cranky witch from hell who's about to have a baby. And to me, the idea of going somewhere, I haven't had a bath, is or a shower it's just beyond horrendous i can't even fathom how awful this anyway i obviously have to get in a car yeah and go to hospital and i do get to hospital and they're super into sort of nat well, at the time they were very into sort of natural you know have the baby naturally and all this like no epi- epidural no drugs. okay yeah. yeah so um and i was in a you know what we call a um nhs hospital and I got my own room, which I know will probably surprise people, but I had a, I wasn't on a ward. I was in my own room with a bathroom, mm-hmm. and I didn't pay for this, all free. And um, they're like, you know, come in and blah, blah, blah. And, and then I'm like, drug. They're like, no, you don't need drugs. I'm like, I think I do need drugs. Oh. Give me my fucking they, drugs. Exactly. And they're like, no, 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 blah, blah. And um, I was there for so long, and then I they put me in a bath. I'm in the bath. and I, I mean, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And so you talk about this idea like you see in the movies of your waters breaking. You've probably seen that many times. Well, my waters, this is hours in and they're <gasps> broken. Oh, my God. So I'm like, and I'm doing gas and air, which is hilarious. Like you have this sort of, spit looks a bit like an oxygen tank. And okay. you breathe it in and then, and then you feel a bit better. Uh, it really doesn't help that much. Um, and then the pain's getting worse. And then they're starting to think this isn't a very good situation. So I'd been there. And you're like, no shit, no fucking shit. It's not a good situation. I've been there for a very long time. And then they're like, okay, we need to do something. 
So essentially this, and it was a man uh, who was a, a obstetrician. I'd had like by this time about five, six different midwives. And, you know, by this time... Like coming it, off shift. Exactly. Oh my God. Your dignity is gone. And I'd said before, thank God, I'd said to my husband, I've got to get... I've no idea where I thought this. I've got to get everything waxed down below. I've got a pedicure. I've got to get the whole thing done. I don't know why I thought that. He thought I was mad. Yeah. And then when about literally a million people had seen up my vagina, he's like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I really get it. Oh, my God. And by oh this my point, God. I'm like not doing very well. And then I was like, get my husband. He's got to be here. I don't want him to see down there because, you know, your stuff's coming out. It's oh, not. Shit. It's not romantic. It's not. He may see you in a very different light after he's seen all that. Yeah. And anyway, so um, this man comes along and literally sticks his hand up me and bursts my, I, I guess, my waters. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And then this, like you see in the movies, like you see the water, the pain I will never experience in that in my, in my life again was indescribable. It was just horrendous and I grabbed my husband's hand and my nails went in and I was like find the fucking man with the drugs <laughs> right fucking now yeah you know kind of thing excuse the shouting and yeah. um I think you're allowed to shout and basically they they were all a bit like okay I said I don't just find him and they found him and he was a man uh sorry that he was a man and I had an epidural and the way it works well at that time in England is you push for a certain amount of time they can't let you push forever and so they, i think no that, you shouldn't because that can really fuck you up yeah yeah so in that hospital i think it was an hour and a half in different hospitals it's different all over oh wow yeah. i didn't know that so they let me push push and then like this isn't happening and they sort of got these sort of things that look like salad tongs and try to sort jesus of push around. fuck you're really, not a salad it's, it's really horrible <laughs> and and they're like this isn't happening this isn't happening and at a certain point they start to look very worried and, and course, you can see their fucking faces. You're like, because you've had the epidural, right? And literally, when you have the epidural, you can't feel anything. anything. So when they say push, you're like, but you have no idea what's yeah. going on. So it's a very odd thing. And um, and they're like, okay, you have to have a cesarean. This is really not very good. So they wheeled me in, and this was very late now. I mean, I'd started at five, so this was late in the evening, and um. And they wheeled me in, and uh, it was not a good situation, and I lost, a, I lost a lot of blood, and it wasn't a brilliant thing. It was not good, and um, my baby was born, and they literally sort of shoved it into Max's hands and shoved him into the hallway and didn't tell him anything because that's a doctor's way of just, like, get out, you've got to save this woman's life and, like, get out of the way. Oh and they can't tell the relative because obviously the relative's going to go nuts. Mm -hmm. And obviously I was fine because I'm here. And, um, but it wasn't fun. And, and it was, it's very painful because you've pushed. And so you, I, I actually, to this day, feel it's a bit damaged, but because like, you push very hard. And then you, um, I mean, I don't quite have the same, like, like it, it's different down there. Not, not, I don't have like, um, a lot of women and that is an issue in their relationships yeah. um, when you have children it does change things because some people it can tear and stuff and I don't mm -hmm. have that but I had this um, cesarean and and then you know you have this baby and this thing you've been dreaming of this beautiful thing and it is a very intense emotional thing and I mean I woke up the next day basically or 
not the next day, I suppose that later, light in the middle of the night probably. And you have this baby and, you know, I was sort of on drug, I was very drugged up and stuff. But once you sort of are cognizant of the fact you have this baby, it's very intense. I mean, it's, the emotions are unbelievable. You, mm-hmm. um, But then the sort of reality and then you have to start trying to breastfeed. And for me, because I'd had an emergency cesarean, it just wouldn't work. And it just didn't work, didn't work, didn't work. And I was in hospital for a week. Um, and it was quite tough because there was a lot of pressure to feed this baby naturally and all, all the rest of it. And um, and the baby's, my baby was quite big and she was losing weight and all the rest of it. But I think the, the thing is, is as women, we sort of have this idealised, we have this idea in our head. Mm-hmm. And of course, it doesn't necessarily go to plan. And then just the reality of having a baby, which is a, is a huge thing. I mean, physically, just having the baby, yeah. like your body goes through all this stuff and then you have to feed this baby. And and, our, and even that, like you think breastfeeding, I think we're sort of fed this thing that it works for everyone and it's brilliant and it's natural. And actually a lot of women find it incredibly painful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could literally feel it from my nipple down to my toe. It hurt so much and I just wow. kept going. But... Um, it was really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. And I've spoken to a lot of other women who've had the same thing. Uh, and then, of course, there are many women who don't have it, so they don't know what you're talking about. And then, of course, you've gone through this whole experience, even if it's like mine where it wasn't a great natural situation or you've had a baby naturally, your body's gone through this whole thing and then you're supposed to just go home and just kind of know what to do. Right. And then just off you go. Yeah. Um, and... I remember the drive home from the hospital was probably the most terrifying drive of our life and Max drove at about 10 miles an hour. Yeah. Because you've got this tiny little thing and you've just bought this car seat and you have no idea what you're doing. Um, And the thing, you know, I would commend the NHS and I don't know exactly what happens here in Canada, but when you go home for a certain period of time, a um, health worker basically comes and visits you and checks on you. Oh, that's very nice. Uh, they check the baby, they weigh the baby, they also check on your mental health, on whether you're having issues, and um, and they do it very subtly because they mm. ask you certain questions, and it's obviously to see if you are suffering from postpartum depression. I was just going to ask, yeah. is that like even the breastfeeding thing, do you think that's anything to do with postpartum depression? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that your body is going through this massive shift and the the hormones change. I think it's sort of quite quickly after birth and we're just going through this wild thing. And I think the other issue is for women um, who experience extreme postpartum depression is everyone builds up this thing. You've had a baby. And especially if you've been wanting this child, you feel that you should be elated you should feel all these feelings and it should all be natural and normal and of course it isn't always the case and then you feel terrible guilt yeah um now in my case i just because i couldn't feed my baby naturally Mm -hmm. in the i was in hospital for a week i literally had a moment it was probably about probably about 10 minutes i'd say where one midwife came in and she was just pressurizing me and it was just too much and I hadn't had any sleep and I just yeah. burst into tears and I cried and then that was it and that was right. done and then was fine. Um, what kind of questions are they asking you? You said they ask questions when they come to the home. Um, they had a questionnaire. See. Yeah. Um, and I can't really remember. They just sort of go through questions and the questions will help them to lead, that help them to understand yeah. if there's something wrong in terms of, 
your mental health, your mental mm. state. Um, and, you know, obviously I had that, Alexa, that was, you know, 17, well, 18 years ago in November. So that was a long time ago. So, but it was, it was a very good system. And then what happens is you kind of have a lo local clinic that you can go to every week and then there's there are midwives there and you can ask them questions so it's very very geared up the system in england for mothers and um getting help and stuff like that that yeah. doesn't mean a lot of people aren't suffering because i think the whole thing is just such a a huge thing and i think for modern women we're told we're, we're these career women and we go out we've got to you know sort of be supremely successful in the career mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you have this baby and then it's just like oh well this is very different and it's a real sort of shift yeah and then of course emotionally with well, the way you feel in your body you have no idea how you're going to feel you think you know you're going to have yeah but you don't know how you're going to feel and it's a big big change um yeah it's crazy and i think uh, i mean because because our sex education is not what it should be mm. um yeah I, how are you supposed to know what actually happens in the birthing room, yeah. right? Like, how are yeah. you actually supposed to know what happens during pregnancy? I don't I don't think they can. I think that's very difficult because you're so young. Personally, I think what would have been really helpful for me, because I went to a very feminist school and it was all about you're a woman and you can do anything and you can rule the world and that's the kind of education I had. Wow. Um, and you and I went to a girls' school and it was very you can do anything and you could be anybody and blah blah blah. And that's absolutely true. But it might have been helpful if they'd said, Well, and when you have a baby, uh it's kind of you might need some time off or you might need this or you might need a partner who helps you. And again, I mean, how do they say that to you when you're 18? I don't know how they say that to you. It's pretty difficult. But I think yeah. it might be helpful if they maybe presented um, having a child or having to take time off. Because even if you take only a year off or six months off, you you have got to take some time off. I took. I was working for myself, so I literally took very little time off. But you literally, whatever it is, whether you're taking time off or changing your schedule, you have to do that. Mm. And that, I think that was kind of like quite a big shock. Um, and taking think, the time off? or Well, not for me. I didn't really take time off. Yeah, exactly. Because I had my own business, I really couldn't. But I had to work around. And I think it's, I guess it's a shock as to how much, I mean, the baby needs you all the time. And I don't think there's any way of being of knowing that until you have a child um and it's it's all consuming it really is yeah and it starts at 6 a.m and finishes you know it, it just goes continuously and when children are very young it's very physical you're always you know you're feeding them or bathing them or or doing something it's mm. it's all the time all the time all the time all the time and when my young oldest daughter was young i didn't have you know support of my mom or i didn't have help from anybody else I couldn't really afford it uh and it's a lot you know but I how can we help women um I don't know I mean I think part of it would be educating men yeah um I I did this. great point that's also yeah. part of them huh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that you know this is your child too yeah um I mean I, I definitely think the bond between a mother and a yeah, it doesn't just happen with a woman. Yeah, you're both there. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you need a you need a man to have yeah. a baby. And whatever that support is, whether that support is the man says, "Okay, 
I'm going to be here for you and yeah. you need to take time off or whatever it is or it's whatever that support takes. That's really up to you as a couple. But I really think educating men that this is a an enormous thing having a child. You go through hormone, like everything in you. It's like metaphysical. It just changes. Yeah. Um, your mind, everything. Uh, what you think you are going to feel is never the same, you know, right. so it's a big thing. And I think uh, that would be probably the most helpful thing in sex education to sort of be a bit more informative about families and and um, that men are part of this or the partner, whoever the partner is. Yeah. Whether that is a man or a woman or whoever your partner is, um, the person having physically having the child and the person supporting the person who's having a child, that that would be really helpful. There's a bit more education around that, I think. Yeah. Really and then, like, who, like, because if I, I mean, because none of us are getting the education we deserve or need no. for it. So, no. you know, how we're, there should be better programs with maybe the doctors, right? And just preparing them. Because yeah. these are adults now. Maybe you have yeah. sex education when you're in high school and yeah. junior high or whatever that is. But yeah. these are adults now. They should have real yeah. sense of what's going to be happening. And I don't think that's happening, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly what what happens here. I mean, I know like in the States they have Lamar's or whatever. And in England they have a thing mm. called the NCT, which is a charity. And you, women's and men. And it, it is very much about the couple. And in those days it was very much about the a woman. male and a female. Right. Uh, uh, you know, a, a heterosexual couple. But you go and it's a way of meeting other people uh, who are having a baby. And they sort of teach you, th- you know, sort of go through some things and... Um, it's sort of useful, but it's yeah. not run by the government. It's run by charity. Right. And you kind of have to, um, I was gone so many years ago, I suppose you have to pay for it. And I'm sure there's a similar thing here. But in terms of, I think net, in terms of the government, I don't know. And I, I think the thing about having children is there are so many challenges today. I mean, it's like, you know, where are you going to live? <laughs> you know, you know, in terms of how much space you have, especially yeah. in a city like Toronto or London or New York or Chicago, or whatever. Where are you going to live? I mean, mm-hmm. the space you need, and then the sort of worry about well, that space will be for this long and so on. Yeah. Um, and then, and I think the real reality for most couples is that somebody has to take some time off. And how are you going to do that? You need money. Um, and the world is getting more and more expensive. And, yeah. It, you know, I won't sugarcoat it. It's pretty terrifying, actually. Yeah. You know. Um, but for me, having children, I had two. Uh, I have two girls. It's, you know, the, the, the greatest joy of my life. It's they're the, the pride and joy of my life. And, um, you know, they're what matters. Um, but it's not. It's not easy, and, and definitely for women, and that's for another podcast, how how you deal with this, how you manage all of those things is incredibly difficult because society's telling us that we can have it all, you can have a career and you can have children and you can be married to an amazing man and, uh, you know, and all these things or have yeah. an amazing partner, whoever your partner is, and it's all going to be fabulous, and that's actually not true, is it? No. It's incredibly difficult. How are you able to have it all when you can barely have some of it? Yeah. And enjoy uh, that I, I, some that you're trying to definitely. enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And then, then and then like we said, and then trying to have a life and trying to be happy. And if you're a couple trying to have an amorous life and how the hell are you supposed to do that? Yeah. It's, it's I mean, I've I've honestly heard that, you know, 
having a child is actually very lonely. It can be, yeah. Yeah, obviously it can be, right? So yeah. it like not everyone's pregnancy or having that child is lonely, but if you don't have that right support system, yeah. if you don't have the friends who also have children or want to hang mm-hmm. out with you when you have a baby yeah. or have that man yeah. or partner with you who wants to yeah. actually be yeah. present or have the family support, it's an extremely lonely thing. And how it are you supposed be. to help yourself? It, yeah, absolutely. And I think particularly um, if we think about, you know, modern women, like, you know, you've been in the workplace, you've mm-hmm. had all these, you know, you're very good at your job, you've all these people respecting you, um, you interact with adults, and then you have a baby and a baby, it's not the same, right? You, you know, it's, um, and even to a very young child, it's, it's different, but it's, that switch is incredibly difficult. And I think, you know, from my experience and from a lot of my friends, that's why I say it's very interesting when you say I kind of have always felt a bit different about it. Yeah. Is I have friends of mine who are really maternal, like innately maternal. Yeah. And I'd say I'm innately maternal. It just comes to me very naturally. Um, I just sort of, I can't really explain it, but I just sort of feel it. Mm. Um, whereas I have friends who it's not, it's, I don't think it is natural uh, natural in terms of innate you know and they have a lot of guilt about that and they feel bad about that and they shouldn't because they what what are they supposed to do are they supposed to sort of change the way they feel because there's so much pressure to sort of be this amazing you know mother and amazing at your job an amazing wife or partner and and, and it's a lot of pressure it's yeah. a huge amount yeah. yeah, it's hard to deal with, especially just as as a woman, as someone who, you know, like you said, had yeah. done so much before it and now yeah. your entire life, mm-hmm. as we know it, has changed yeah. and you have to be the mother to someone and that's, yeah. that's a yeah, crazy you, change. you have to be a mother and you also don't discount, you feel different, you know, however – have your pregnancy was i mean i i definitely put on weight because i felt of horrendous course. and then you and that's the other thing is you have a baby and you think oh well obviously the bump go everything goes right it just pops back in and it nothing pops back anywhere <laughs> susie and right. and my boobs the size changed about four times wow and i was this weird anathema because i heard selma hayek say this that, that the famous actress she yeah, said yeah you know everyone keeps saying to her oh your boobs are so big you've had surgery and she's like no like my boobs got big bigger when i had a ch- breastfeeding and then when i had the menopause and so on. and i'm like no no i know she's telling the truth because that's exact i have always had big boobs but then mm. they got bigger and bigger and bigger and it's like sort of an inflating i could right. have like been in a bal- balloon and like flown away i mean they just got bigger and bigger and bigger whereas a lot of women they breastfeed and they get smaller Right. And I was like the reverse. And and then with my second child and it got yeah, anyway. But um also you the way you feel about yourself yeah. is not good. You don't feel good, because uh, your body will never be quite the same. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it, in my case I had a cesarean, so you have a sort of cut across yeah. your stomach and then so you sort of have this natural layer of flab over there that never goes away. And you just, you you just, you're, you feel, I don't know, I, I suppose you have so much wrapped up before that in the way you are and who you are as a young woman and the way you feel about yourself. And then you just don't feel the same. And it can be quite, quite devastating because you're just not prepared for it. You're yeah. just not prepared at all. For what was, so what was the, uh, 
because I know you had two cesareans. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. was the diff- What was the biggest differences, I guess, between the first and the second pregnancy and the second birth? The second birth, I, um, I had my second daughter. We were living in Switzerland, which is a very different medical system. And my husband had a corporate job, and with that came medical care. So I had uh, a child in a private hospital, which was, like, literally night and day. And wow. in Switzerland, it's... It's unbelievable. Right. It's like these beautiful Swiss clinics. It's they're not kidding. And we lived in a in a city called Lausanne, which is on a lake, and it's all very beautiful, a little bit sort of fairy tale like. But I I just knew I guess like a woman, you I knew my body. I knew that I'd had this horrendous experience. And I also I'm very short and I had a very big baby. And even when Alexa was born, they're like, Oh, she's pretty big. I was like, what, you didn't, like, know or whatever? And they know she's even bigger than we thought because they follow you. So they yeah. kind of have an idea of how big she's going to be. And she was pretty big. And um, they're sort of like, hmm, you know. Um, and then when I had, I got pregnant with my second child in Switzerland. And it's different in Switzerland. In England, it's midwifery-led. So you're followed by a midwife. Mm-hmm. And only when it gets serious does a, uh, an obstetrician, does a doctor come in and deal with it. Whereas in Switzerland, it was led by the doctor from the very beginning. Right. Um, which has its benefits and has its downsides. And and I, when I knew I was pregnant, I just sort of was very nervous going to this appointment. And I just sort of blurted to the doctor, like, I know my body. I know the second baby is going to be bigger. I cannot, it's not going to come out. I, I know it's not going to come I was rambling away. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I have to have a cesarean. I don't care. I have to have it. It's just not. Mm-hmm. And she was amazing. My doctor was a female. She said, I understand. And I'll look so at lucky. medical. I was very yeah. lucky. You look at your medical records from England. And, and then she got them. And she's like, you're absolutely right. Uh, statistically, it's probably extremely unlikely you could have a natural birth. Mm-hmm. And so I was very, very lucky. I was in an amazing situation, amazing medical care. And... Honestly, this hospital was like a five-star hotel. Right. It's just unbelievable. So I had my wow. first baby in the NHS. So that's so that's the advice here. Have your baby in Switzerland. Yeah, have the whole thing going yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. And and then the, even the attitudes towards everything from cesareans to breastfeeding to everything were much more relaxed. Um, but um, having... A, an elective cesarean was very different to an emergency cesarean. But you're still having your stomach cut. Right. And I remember saying to because then I'd, I'd had my first baby in England and I had this quite nasty scar. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like a jaggedy emergency, <sighs> so bad. quite big, well, big, but sort of like that above yeah. my stomach, but sort of two inches and sort of a bit ugly. And and there I am in Switzerland. And I said uh, to this private doctor, uh, is... Um, and unfortunately, you know, money talks in this situation. And I said, do you think you could straighten that out? Right. Do you think you could do something? Little battle scars. And I have this amazing, she straightened it out, and now it's probably an inch. Wow. Which is quite amazing that a baby came out of that. Right. And my baby. I mean, she was like a vagina, though. My baby was even bigger. Yeah, right. Exactly. was even bigger. But the nicest thing, I will remember this till the end of my days, is, excuse me, oh. <coughs> that she... I had the baby and you're a bit gaga, you know, you've gone through this and you've had all these drugs in you and whatever and you're, you've had the baby. And she came to me that night because I had the baby at like 7 o'clock in the morning and uh, the, the doctor came to me in the evening and said, and the, I'll never forget this, you're a woman, you knew your body, you were right, 
if you had had this baby at term, which would have been another 10 days, given your height, you know, your five foot, five foot one, uh, mm-hmm. five foot, you know, very small, is um, your child would have been, your baby would have been over nine pounds, wow. probably nine pounds something. There is no way you would have had this baby naturally. It would, it couldn't physically have happened. So you were right and you knew, you knew in the, in yourself. And it was, I, I think that's, probably the most amazing experience I've ever had with the doctor I was just like wow it was un- unbelievable unbelievable it's crazy yeah it's so interesting when and we've talked about this in other episodes where you have a negative experience mm-hmm. with a doctor when you have a positive experience like that it the, what it does to you the way it makes you feel the way it puts you on a path I is sort of indescribable to me I, I I can't tell you it made me feel like a bajillion times better right and I wasn't you know in a great state I had you know I wasn't I had a lot of weight to lose and I had physically had a difficult pregnancy and and had felt very sick um for most of it and refused to take medication and stuff like that but it helped me so much it was amazing uh really really amazing so yeah I mean it's it's so crazy like and I mean, obviously, you speaking about this is really obviously making me want children even more, Mel. I mean, how could I not want to go through all those amazing times? I know. Um, I, know. <laughs> I know, but I'm giving you no, hundred like percent. And obviously, but. we all appreciate that. There is that thing of like, this is not an easy thing to do. Like, of course not. Let's but stop it's... pretending like it's just the most natural, beautiful thing in the world. Yeah. Like, it's extremely fucking hard. It's very and hard. You can't and just pretend that it's going to be okay all the time. No, and there will be moments, I think any mum will tell you, there'll be moments which are really difficult. Yeah. Um, but overall, uh, the only way I can say it to you is they're the biggest joy in my life. And I have two teenagers, so I really oh, say Jesus that. Oh, Jesus Christ. That it's teenage, teenage years is another whole thing. Yeah. Um, but they are my biggest joy. and But that doesn't mean like anything that there isn't difficult stuff, right? I mean, you know, they say no pain, no gain. I mean, they're not kidding. Yeah. Um, but I do think if you don't, or you feel in yourself that you don't want children, and I think there's a huge amount of pressure, and you read a lot of stuff about it, that of women, like, what's wrong with you? Why do you not want a child? And certainly depends on what cultural background you come from, and there can be a huge amount of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, that you have to do what's right for you and, and your, you and your partner. Um, you have to do what's right for you. Um, I mean, that's another whole thing. If one person wants a child and the other person doesn't want a child, that's a whole different thing. But um, don't let anybody tell you what to do. I mean, it's the same when you have a child. I cannot tell you the amount of stuff, unwanted advice that people give you. And you're just like, go away. Like, I'll do the best I can do and you're you know just go away and I I mean I think the most I tell you the most disappointing thing to me um and I think disappointing is probably the right word when I had my children I worked through and I've worked the whole time through both my pregnancies and my children you know and, and I'm lucky that I've worked for myself so I've been able to be very very flexible but the criticism I've received from other women yeah. the judgment has been that's I think the thing that shocked me the most I, could, I, I just couldn't believe it 
rather than like support. And I think it's a very unflattering side being a female is that we like to sort of bring people down. Like if somebody else is not doing as well, then we're doing better in some sort of weird, very messed up sense. Mm -hmm. And I think that's hard, you know, because we talked today about like female empowerment and women supporting each other and blah, blah, blah. And that doesn't always happen. And I think there's I a think lot most of the time it actually does not happen. Right. We love to pretend it yeah. doesn't and go masses, that way. And masses, masses yeah. of judgment. So, you know, if you have your children and you're not working, you get judged. If you do work, you get judged. If you work part-time, you get judged. And you're like, how about everyone go off into your thing? You do what's right for you. You do what's right for you, the woman, your partner, your family unit, your child. That's it. That's the end of it. I mean, you do right, do what's right for your unit yeah. and all the people in that unit, whomever those people are, and that's it. And it has absolutely nothing to do with anybody else. 100%. None of their business. And that's what I truly believe, and I've done that. I've done what's best for myself, my husband, my family, my children. Um, but you get a lot of stick for it you really do and that's not right that's um and I don't know I don't know why I don't know why that's the case yeah it's hard to tell I mean I think women I mean we can get to this (laughs) this discussion is is a whole other discussion right I've just like mostly it's women on women hate more than you know men on women hate a lot of the a lot of the time when it's a social thing right like where women are trying to judge other women and like it's it's extremely hard to Sometimes be a friend of a woman if you just you can feel that yeah. that hard tension of yeah. that whether it's jealousy or whatnot yeah. or yeah and obviously men are yeah. clueless so it's not yeah. like they're doing that kind of yeah. same thing but yeah it's it's that very hard thing where we all actually do want to be friendly and mm-hmm. love each other and it's it's just not the reality obviously no and it can be very very difficult I really and I I think it's a hard lesson that's for sure yeah for sure but um. I mean, Susie, we could talk about this forever. I know, and I actually, this is an extremely, extremely interesting story for myself because being a woman who doesn't know if she wants a baby, and obviously this this conversation is not going to change my mind and it won't change any of our audience members' minds of if they want to have children or not. We know that these are the risks of having a baby. We we should be knowing, we should know this, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. this isn't a surprise. It's an extreme medical you know, procedure, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that, like, it's not an easy mm-hmm. thing to do. So yeah, it's having babies, the most beautiful thing in the world when you have them. It is. Yeah. And it's it just a completely new experience. It is. And, but it's bringing a life into the world. Um, and yeah, that's a big, doesn't come without pain. Yeah, exactly. Um, and for me, it's what I wanted. So yeah. the pain kind of, I, I've told I've told you my story, but it just kind of it's gone away. I don't think about it. I don't. Right. Uh, um, I've heard that that's a hormonal thing. Like there's a chemical mm, in yeah. a woman's brain after they have birth where you forget the not forget the pain because obviously I'm sure you, you still remember, don't but you don't yeah. remember it in the same intense way so that you have more yeah. children. I think you basically the love for your child is it's it's unbelievable this feeling is just overwhelming overwhelming incredibly intense and um so you just kind of 
I don't know, it just goes somewhere. You just, just forget about it. And then you do it again and do it again and again in many cases. Yeah, these women who have 10 children. I just yeah, I mean, imagine. I never, ever wanted that. I mean, I, I <laughs> yeah. thought about three. But yeah. But, like, beyond that, I was just like, no, 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 thanks. That's um, so funny. But, I, I, I mean, women who have four and five and six and seven kids, like, uh, you know, I take my hat off. I really right. Fuck that. Unbelievable. But What that um, vagina can do, honestly, what she can do, it's incredible. <laughs> truly is. yeah and we're talking about me and my situation and modern so and if it hadn't been i i would you know sort of decades ago i'd be dead and so you think about women 100 years ago sort of having babies in fields and sort of having this baby and out it comes and then going back to work and you know just like it's mind-blowing and i think that i think that is something to be said about women is just their capacity for pain is unbelievable yeah um because if a man honest to god and i don't say this in a sort of anti-male way but if men had to have babies there would not be another baby walking the earth i mean yeah there'd be no population you me and somebody else yeah i mean there'd be nobody because they you know you've seen all those things where they get those sort of little machines and put those little on men and sort of try and emulate an, an actual um um contraction and they can't even cope no. after about 10 seconds and you're like how about and i've seen them put it on hours? a woman yeah the same amount yeah they'll show you it's the same yeah and she's like and she's like, literally and she's like, like are you serious started yet yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. the amount yeah, yeah. of pain that yeah. we actually deal with month yeah. to month yeah exactly not even I childbirth say, I, I mean exactly it's I mean, unbelievable it's just, it, so that is a wonderful and seriously beautiful thing but it is a big thing. Yeah, it's not like it's a big thing bringing that into the world. I mean, I wouldn't worry. I, d- I don't think you can get too kind of bogged down and depressed with like bringing it into the world that we live in because the world we live in is quite frankly beyond depressing. It's horrendous. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. if you worried about that, you you really wouldn't. Nothing would happen. You know, it's. I mean, it's awful. So you have to think about you and your family and your unit and what you want and so on. But it is a big thing. It's yeah. a seriously big thing. It's going to change your life. It'll change everything. Um, and people say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to have a baby and the baby's going to fit into my life. I just, and you're like, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's not a dog. You can't just like. No. Yeah. It's like, uh, no, that doesn't that doesn't work. And yeah. good luck with that. So yeah. You've had two hours sleep. But yeah. OK. But um no, I mean you could talk about it forever, and I. But I think no, and I really appreciate you sharing your story. I think that's it's not an easy thing to talk about because it is traumatic a bit. Um, obviously, you've gotten through it, and you've had these beautiful children. It's not mm. like anyone died or anything like that no. from it. Thank no. God. But no. yeah, no, it's it is an amazing thing what women can do in with their bodies. It's unbelievable. So it's I do appreciate you sharing your story with us. Astounding. Yeah. 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 Well, as usual. Susie, it's been fantastic to chat. And and I hope by sharing, you know, our story and me telling you my experience and you haven't had kids yet. No. That maybe, listen, yeah, but they get some, okay, that's kind of an interesting perspective. Absolutely. Um, and maybe they can go away and think about what they want to do and, you know. But it is a, I would reiterate, completely individual choice. Absolutely. And you should do it because you want it. Make that choice yourself. your partnership with your partner, you want it because it's 
it's big. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mel. This was an amazing talk, as yeah. always. Um, and we appreciate you sharing your stories with us. Thank you. Thank you. Love you, Mel. I love you too, Sis. Bye, we'll guys. See you all next time. See you Bye. next time, guys. Love ya. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate and review this podcast and follow us on social at Sharing My Truth Pod. And leave us a voicemail on our website, sharingmytruth.com, to share your stories and experiences with us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.